welcome into episode 111 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very, very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Be Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Fantastic, Jack. It's uh, been a few weeks since we've been able to do one of these. Well, shoot, I've been on the road. I've been to... Well, Vegas in June, I've been to Orlando for the MBPA Top 100 camp, went to Augusta twice for, uh, for Peach Jam. I have been traveling nonstop, and I am so, so glad that I have uh, a minute to breathe. It's been, I've been on the road, haven't been able to bring my podcast equipment because I've been on flights, and it's just been an absolute mess and a half. So I'm very glad to be kind of settled back in at home, ready to talk to uh, my best buddy Sean and and break down this whole you know it, it's been quite a f- couple weeks where there's been a lot of movement uh, regarding the Kentucky basketball roster without any actual movement being done with some talk of of potentially adding one or two more pieces or uh, you know kind of a debate on on who to add if to add them so on and so forth so there's plenty to discuss on on those fronts and and really just kind of the the breakdown of Sean. John Calipari's roster for the 2021-2022 season is finalized, finally official, and we need to talk about if if it's enough. Is this enough to be a national title contender? Uh, did John Calipari and his staff, you know, have a, a slip up in, in judgment on who to add to close up the class? Kind of some of those last uh, couple chess piece moves. Did did they make the right decision when rounding out this roster? So, Sean. We obviously have to get started with the big decision of Jalen Duran. Uh, you know, talking to people around the program, I was down at Peach Jam. I was at MBPA Top 100 camp. I was talking, you know, I've had dozens and dozens and dozens of conversations kind of breaking down the last couple of weeks of his recruitment, who, you know, where he was leaning, kind of some of the, the favorites. And Sean, I got to be honest, we kind of talked about this on the side. There was not a whole lot of Kentucky buzz going into the last couple weeks of his recruitment unless you were talking to people close to the UK program. They thought that they were right in the thick of things. But if you talk to national insiders and uh, rival coaches and other, you know, high school coaches, AAU coaches, people around, you know, Peach Jam, all of them thought it would come down to Memphis or Miami with Memphis kind of being the most confident of the three schools involved in, in terms of the coaching. And then there's, there's some, you know, there was some talk about the professional options, NBL and, and um, the NBA G league kind of coming about, but Sean, no matter what the outside sources were saying on the topic, Kentucky went and went all in on, on Jalen Duran. And I'm very curious to know what were your thoughts on their kind of push uh, to, to go all in on him. And did you think they might made the right choice just on the surface level of, of putting kind of all their eggs in the Jalen Duran basket? I really think it's difficult to really come to a final point on who was, whether they made the right decision, whether they didn't make the right decision, because I think so many factors were going into it, Jack. Obviously, kicking off the NIL era with a recruit like Jalen Duran, I think that was the reason Kentucky really significantly pushed for that commitment and maybe decided not to take Kofi Coburn because of the two, I thought Kofi would have been the better piece to push for a national championship this coming season, but to signify a like statement for the program in the NIL era, I thought Jalen Duran would have been the bigger statement. So I think they were in like this in between to where it was, is this roster what we're doing? Is this roster good enough without 
either of these two if we have to come to that? Or should we try to push and get a recruitment from a guy who's going to make millions of dollars, hopefully in college, in one season? So I think they were in a pretty odd predicament, honestly, when it comes to the roster. So I think that makes it kind of difficult to really determine what the best decision was. But I'll say this, Jack. When we recorded that Davion Mintz podcast on July 1st or 2nd, I can't remember what day we, we published that one, I said that I thought Kentucky's roster that day had enough to get to a Final Four. So I, I keep telling people, like, look, yeah, the, the, they struck out with Duren. They Things went kind of the wrong direction with Kofi Coburn there late before he announced he's going back to Illinois. But I keep reminding myself, I can't say that on July 1st and 2nd and then come back in mid-August and say something different. I still believe that this team has enough to be very good. But what I think it's going to come down to is a couple of people on this roster have to not just be good, they have to be great. Yeah, I, I think that right there is the – you hit the nail on the head. That's kind of the, the, biggest, the biggest theme of, of this offseason is they – John Calipari up to the month of July had an absolutely flawless offseason. I thought he added a fantastic freshman. I thought the additions of, you know, Ty Ty Washington late after going into the month of May with no – point guard sign on the roster I think adding Ty Ty Washington who I've heard has been absolutely stellar in practice and that that he is the absolute real deal uh, I, I would pencil him in as your starter I liked you know there's flaws with Xavier Wheeler but when you combine him with the additions of Kellen Grady and and you know the return of Davion Mintz and CJ Frederick as a shooter and and you know the return of Dante Allen you go down the list the the way this roster was constructed I think John Calipari nailed it we complained nonstop last year about how this wasn't a modern offense, how their teams, you know, out the Alabamas of the world are passing up the Kentuckys of the world because, you know, Cal's living in, in, you know, 2012, as opposed to 2021, where the, the game is kind of, of changing to that up-tempo fast pace, get a bunch of shots up, uh, you, you know, kind of the, the game was was changing and there were a lot of complaints that Cal wasn't adapting to those changes. He spent this entire off season dedicated to making those changes. So Sean, that's where the Kofi Coburn situation comes in. I've had countless conversations with people inside the program, people that were familiar with Kofi Coburn's recruitment, people that were directly involved in Kofi Coburn's recruitment. So like, let's, let's keep that in mind. These were the people that were making some of these calls and that were, were actively participating in the, in this recruitment. Kofi Coburn wanted to be at Kentucky. I said that I've said that multiple times on the show. He put his name in the transfer portal so he could uh, have those conversations with John Calipari and, and the UK coaching staff, uh, specifically Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman, because he already had that established relationship. He looked at this roster. He thought that he, he would have been a solid addition to it. He wanted to go to Kentucky. And I, I think if it were up to him and UK had pushed all its chips in on Kofi Coburn, he would be a Kentucky Wildcat. I think that wholeheartedly, and nobody will ever convince me otherwise, uh, judging by the conversations of, of you know people close to Co Coburn uh, that knew his recruitment, this was a very serious – there was very serious interest in Kentucky, and I think if it had gone his way, he would have ended up in Lexington part of my optimism was the, the, the bulk of my optimism when I'd come on the show and I'd say, I truly think that he's going to end up in Kentucky is, you know, if, if you have a second team, all American, that's saying, you know, Hey, I, I'm very interested in coming. Of course, you're going to be like, well, what else do you need to know? There, this kid wants to be a Kentucky. I'm going to predict him to Kentucky. 
And then there were the conversations about Kentucky side of things. And Sean, this is where things kind of got a little tricky. There were, I can absolutely confirm, there were conversations all the way up until Tuesday. Uh, I believe the report started coming out Wednesday early morning of that week that he was going to be coming, going back to Illinois. There were conversations on that Tuesday uh, between Coburn and the UK assistants about about you know the possibility of coming in and kind of keeping that situation warm and and there was interest from the UK assistants about bringing him in but it was at the end of the day it was going to come down to John Calipari making the final call I was told that there were a couple players and I, I do not know which players there were but there were some voices on the team that expressed some pushback in terms of hey you know not not even necessarily about playing time or you know oh I'm not going to be able to get this amount of playing time or you know whatever the case was it wasn't kind of a personal pushback it was more so hey you know we we really like what we got going on right now that the roster right now is perfect if you add a seven foot 285 pound you know plodding back to the basket big it's kind of going to change everything that we, that you've built this offseason and you know we're going to kind of have to go back to square one and, and kind of redo everything probably change the entire offense around uh, around Kofi Coburn because that's kind of the player he is he he thrives with the ball in his hands he's a dominant player but he's not a great passer he's not a great you know he's he doesn't move quick laterally he has his flaws but if you play to his skills he's the best in, in in college basketball that's why Illinois was who they were this past season so there was that push and pull factor Sean of playing to the team's current strengths right now versus changing things up at the 11th hour by adding a guy like Kofi Coburn. And I think that's where the issues came from. And Sean, also talking to people very much in the know about Kentucky season last year um, at Peach Jam specifically, there, it was a nightmare season. Just to be totally honest, putting things out there. Uh, I'm not going to go into, into a lot of detail. But I was told that the locker room chemistry, the team, just the camaraderie, it was, it was not good. It was a nightmare scenario. Uh, from the start, I was told that, you know, there were some players that kind of clicked up early on in the season, and, and it was kind of an us versus uh, them mentality that kind of plagued the locker room all season long. They, I, you know, there was one person that told me that the team was screwed from the start. There was no chance that the team was ever going to recover from that just because there were such conflicting personalities in the locker room that just did not work. Cal, this offseason, went out of his way to kind of hit reset on the locker room and, and basically fixed, fix all of last year's mistakes. And I genuinely think there was a, a strong concern about messing up anything uh, that they had already established this offseason talking to people this this year this summer things are going incredibly well the t chemistry is at an all-time high there is confident in the team synergy and just kind of how the, the players are interacting how the coaches just love love this team and this group as a whole things are going really 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 well Sean and I think that is where the bulk of the pushback came from where it's kind of a if it ain't broke don't fix it mentality and I, you know do I agree with them kind of not go pushing all their eggs in and saying, screw it. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I don't know. I think that remains to be, be seen, Sean, but that's at least the backstory as to how we ended up, how Kentucky ended up turning down a second team all American. And I, I guess at the end of the day, we will find out in the coming months if, if it was the right call by John Calipari. Yeah. And like I said, for, for it to be the right call, Oscar Chibwe is going to have to be really good. But I think the biggest thing that could happen 
for this program and this team this year that could really kind of cancel that out is Keon Brooks needs to become whatever once thought Keon Brooks would eventually become. And I think he has kind of the the potential to do that. I think he's going to have the space to do that. If you had added Kofi Coburn to this roster, I would have been a big fan of it. I've said that on this podcast. I've said it on other platforms that I didn't think it was a, a good decision to pass on a second-team All-American because I think that that would have solidified Kentucky, in my mind, as a legit threat to win a national championship. Now Kentucky kind of needs everything to come together and go in their favor, and they're going to have those opportunities to do it. But Keon Brooks is, is the guy that I think has to take a huge step forward this year, and I think the four position could be the difference. And it's Kentucky – like, we, they have this roster now that Cal's put together, Jack, where they're built to run and gun, shoot threes, take those shots in transition. We know that John Calipari – 95% of the time, loves to grind out possessions late in games. He loves to pound it in the post and post guys. Is Oscar going to be that guy? I, I don't know. Is anyone behind him going to be that guy? I think that that could be a Keon Brooks role, getting to that face-up four spot, playing some with his back to the basket, add in these, these shooters, and I think Kentucky's going to be fine. But I certainly – I don't agree with not getting Kofi Coburn. I, I still think that they should have taken him. But what that's done is it's now forced Oscar to have to emerge and improve. And there's question marks there, but he's certainly going to have the minutes available and the opportunity to really take a step forward along with Keon and those guys at the four spot. Well, well, you look at the numbers. Oscar last season at West Virginia, or I guess over the course of his two-year career at West Virginia, he's averaging just 22.4 minutes per game uh, with a high foul rate, 7.1 fouls per 100 possessions, um, five fouls per 40 minutes in 2021 or 2020 and 2021. And, you know, you look at a guy like Isaiah Jackson, who people kind of deemed as this foul-prone dude last year at Kentucky. Uh, you know, he averaged three fouls per game, 5.8 fouls per 40 minutes and 8.3 fouls per uh, 100 possession. So very similar in terms of foul numbers and, and all that. So you're talking about a 22.4 minute per game guy who has foul issues. So I'm sitting here thinking Kofi Coburn only averaged 27 minutes in his own right. Was there not a path for, you know, yes, you cannot play Kofi Coburn and Oscar Sheboy on the floor together. They're, you know, two kind of black holes on offense. And, and you know, I, they're, they're both – good at what they do and, and and they both have their specific roles that are fantastic for their respective teams but you couldn't play either of them today together neither of them are good passers they don't spread the floor well at all it, it would just it would have gone against everything that Cal had done this offseason in terms of you know spreading the floor out getting shots up th those sorts of things but you you have to think that why could why was there not a path for Coburn to start alongside Keon Brooks and then not necessarily even a platoon system but kind of have a a back and forth rotation of bigs where it's kind of a two out two in type deal where you have Keon Brooks and, and Kofi Coburn starting and then you have Oscar Sheboy coming off the bench with with Jacob Toppin what well, you know why why was that not a possibility and why was that something that that they didn't just figure out and I know that it's it, it's also just style of play adding you know Oscar runs the floor a little bit better than Kofi. Uh, and, you know, he, he's not as much of a – he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much to make an impact. He's more of a clean-up guy, high-energy, you know, high-motor type dude. Kofi is definitely a – you throw the ball to him down low and let him go to work. 
that it, there's, there's a play style difference there, but you just got to think that there, there was a way to make this work. And that's the only thing that I keep coming back to and why, why I'm, I'm just not scared, but thinking, you know, what happens, God forbid, there's an injury. What if, what if, you know, foul trouble is a serious issue for, for Sheboy this year, then what is, are you going to rely on Lance Ware to be your anchor in the front court? Like, is he going to be your go-to center in the front court? Is he ready for that? Is Bryce Hopkins, you know, is, is Bryce Hopkins more advanced than, uh, than his ranking might indicate is, they, uh, you know, Damian Collins, who didn't start playing basketball until he was 16 years old, didn't start lifting weights. He hasn't list, lifted a single weight until uh, he stepped on Kentucky's campus. Is he going to be ready to take that next step up, or is he going to have a long adjustment period as a freshman, uh, you know, at, at Kentucky? Is Jacob Toppin ready to take a major jump, uh, step forward? Is, like you said, is Keon Brooks ready to make that P.J. Washington-level leap from, you know, he didn't kind of get that year one to year two leap, but could he get that same year two to year three leap? There are so many questions that, like you said, Sean, things have to go almost perfectly now that – UK didn't add either Jalen Dern or, or Kofi Coburn. And it, it's just, it's something that, like you said, if things work out perfectly, I have, I have great confidence in this team. I, I'm very confident in the backcourt. And I think the pieces are there in the front court. But I just, keep, I, I just keep thinking, why leave it up to chance? Why was this something that was left up to a risk instead of the guarantee that comes with adding a guy of, of, his, uh, of his, you know, stature? That's, that, that was my only question coming out of this, you know, July recruitment for both players. Yeah, and, and what I meant by that everything kind of has to come together and fall in place and be perfect, I'm, I'm talking more from an injury standpoint. I mean, how many years have we have we watched this where Kentucky has got to the NCAA tournament and then a P.J. Washington injury or injuries to other guys have kind of derailed the postseason or hindered the the possibility that these teams win a national championship. They're not at full strength. I just thought that adding Kofi Coburn, and you mentioned that with the minutes there, and I, I think that it was certainly doable. When it came down to it, I thought that it maybe be a, it might be a struggle there early to kind of figure it out, but I thought by the time Kentucky could have got into mid-December, January, there would have been a system in place to where you could have seen Kofi play a lot of minutes one night, and then Kofi be in foul trouble, and then it would be Oscar's turn to play a lot of minutes. And I just thought that that would have solidified – their interior, along with what I like about their backcourt and the four spot, I thought it would have made them a more complete roster. Uh, but, you know, we all got to move on now. It's done. John Calipari thinks that he has enough. I think a lot of us agree that he has enough to make a deep run with this roster. I'm, certainly, to me, the, the biggest news now, when you look at all this, is Davion Mintz deciding to come back right before all this happened. Uh, I think it actually makes his – return more important even though he doesn't even play the position of the two guys that we're even talking about right now just from a standpoint of you're adding another experienced guy that can give some versatility to this roster can play the one can play the two I think that that was a big one but the biggest takeaway for me Jack is I said that in July that this team is good enough to get to a final four and I give John Calipari and the staff an A for their offseason nothing the last two weeks changes I would have given it an A-plus if they would have added a Kofi Coburn or Jalen Duren. But I'm not going to say, hey, what they did from, what, the SEC tournament ending till the 1st of July, that was fantastic, and you can't even argue. anything that Everything that they did was the correct decision up until that point. Did they make the right decision the last month? Personally, I don't think so. 
but I don't know if that, I'm not ready to say that that's enough to be a fatal blow to this roster. And I think the, the biggest takeaway out of all of this is John Calipari and his staff were the ones that have seen eight weeks of Kentucky basketball practice. Hard, hard fought. They're in the gyms. They're seeing these five on fives, which I've actually heard that they're doing because there's so many, you know, there's so many players that they're doing four on four on four to kind of compensate to not leave anybody out because there are so many high level guys that, that, that they're playing four on four now instead of five on five um, to, you know, make sure that the, they can spread the love out a little bit and make sure everybody kind of gets their own opportunities. I've talked to, you know, I, I've talked to, several individuals at different points this summer, you know, ranging from kind of lower on the totem pole individuals to very, you know, very important people inside the program trying to decipher, okay, is all of this just kind of, you know, is it coach speak to say, Oh, thing, you know, it was a nightmare scenario last year. It's no shock that they went nine and 17. I mean, anybody would have gone nine and 17 or, you know, or was it, is it was there truly a major adjustment in the locker room were things as you know sunshiny and you know butterflies and rainbows as the as you know people are kind of making this out to be right now and after conversations like you like I said from the top of the totem pole all the way to the bottom all you hear is like dude these these kids just love each other this staff loves these players and you know it's one thing to say oh I like this team you know I I really do like this team this staff genuinely loves this team and, and truly believes that they are capable of getting something done. And I think that's the thing that I keep going back to where it's so easy to be an armchair quarterback sitting in my position right now and go, you have a second team all American, seven foot, 285 pound, you know, monster ready to sign to your program and you're going to turn him down. Like what a mistake. Like it's, it's so easy to take, to take that easy route and, and think that you have all the answers when I am not the one sitting in practice watching these kids and the people that are, are saying that this team is good enough. And I, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, they, there was still some optimism last summer, you know, before kind of things really got locked down and the season began and the travel schedule started. And that's kind of when things really started ramping up, but there were, there was some early optimism last year, just in terms of a pure talent standpoint that they thought, well, there's no way this, group of of solid elite talents there's no way that this team can can screw up this is kind of a whole different level of optimism in terms of it's it's all it all goes back to the chemistry it all goes back to the camaraderie and how everybody just loves each other it's a good vibe around a locker room it's the it's the one thing you know it was almost frustrating to start with because you know you you look for practice reports and you're trying to get you know put stuff out there like oh I'm hearing Ty Ty Washington's looking good and you you want to get you want to get details but every single person I talked to the only thing they talked about to start with was man you just you just got to see this locker room you just got to see the chemistry and 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 how much this team loves each other and how much the coaches love each other and how how night how much of a night and day difference it is from last year to this season that those talks are always present in this locker room And, and when you talk to people around the program about how positive and uplifting this environment is right now and how John Calipari just truly does not want to change anything. He does not want to, you know, the only reason why he went all in on Jalen Duren is because 
A, the players signed all signed off on him. They knew him. It was kind of a, uh, you, you know, they knew him around recruiting and those sorts of things. And they knew that he was kind of a versatile player. He could play the four or the five. Uh, you know, he was a good passer. He could he could spread the floor a little bit more than a, Co- a Kofi Coburn was. That was kind of a, you know, yeah, there, there's some slight concerns, kind of the same if it ain't broke it you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it concerns. But for the most part, he was, he was kind of signed off on, but overall the staff, the players all thought we don't need to change anything. We we like the team we have. Let's, let's roll the balls out. Let's go. And if they're as confident about it as, as they are, then I'm starting to buy into the fact that, you know, I I probably should be too, you know, you gotta, you gotta just trust the people that are making these decisions. And if, you know, if there is an injury down the road or, uh, you know, Oscar Sheway does deal with, with foul trouble or players don't develop the way that we needed to, then those questions can come later. But uh, I, I feel like now they, they made this decision. They were confident about this decision. I think it's one that fans at this point, we just kind of got to, you know, believe in, believe in the Hall of Fame coach and, and think that, you know, he's, he's going to figure out a way to turn it around and that he's confident that things will turn around, Sean. Yeah, he is. And, you know, we've, we've heard plenty of praise coming out of some of those preseason workouts and things. So, I mean, obviously, we all expect this season to be much better than last season, not just because they had a normal summer, but because of the experience that's been added to this roster. And they're going to benefit from having a normal schedule. We should be, uh, in my opinion, probably getting a full schedule with dates and times. You would think sometime between now and the middle of September, I think, is when they usually send those out. So we'll be able to break that down. I know we're going to have some episodes coming pretty soon too, Jack, with breaking down some of this recruiting because I know Kentucky tried to make a push with this current staff uh, with Antigua and Chin Coleman, but this staff was pretty much put together before those guys got to Kentucky. They're going to get to make their big splash in 22, and that's what we're going to talk about moving forward. Yeah, we're, we're going to do another episode either tomorrow or the next couple of days for sure, uh, kind of breaking down the, the reason why there's, there's a lot of optimism going on right now in the world of Kentucky basketball recruiting in the class of 2022 um, that, that fans should definitely be excited about. The, the momentum is there. Uh, it was two losses, I think. You know, if, if it were up to me, I would have, I would have gone, gone all in on, on Kofi. And, you know, it's kind of one of those hindsight situations. We'll have to see how that unfolds. But the thing that's kind of inarguable right now, the thing that everybody there's a consensus on is that 2022 is, is going to be rocking. There's a lot of confidence and, and, you know, guys like Shaden Sharp and, and Derek Lively and Adem Bona and guys like that, that we're going to talk about uh, extensively here in the next couple of days. Um, so Sean, we, you want to wrap this up now? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Well, cool. We'll be back here in the next couple of days. Sean, before that, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Shout out HOH. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you next time.